1: Welcome, everyone, to another session for, of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Tom Terrace, Tom DeAngelis, and Rob Longo. Welcome, one and all. Hey, Dave. Good to be here. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. Turn to Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. We're going to break open the bread of life and see how the Lord wants to speak to each and every one of us. But before we do that, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us?
2: Uh, I would love to. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Spirit amen.
2: amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. For this day, thank you for this moment, Lord. Help us to to be here. Help us to truly be present to you. You are always present to us. Help us to put aside um, anything that we've been working on going into this the sharing and uh, and just and just entrust everything that we're going to be going into after this uh, the sharing. Trust it all to you, so we can truly be present in the moment, the gift of the present moment. Thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for loving us so much that you want—you didn't want to leave us um, without a guide on our on our journey home to you. And for all the folks that are listening, Lord, just ask you in a special way to bless them, bless their families, uh, all the parishes that they that they're from, Lord, just bless them all in abundance. And we pray all this in Jesus' name.
3: Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, Father, Son, Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit. amen. Amen.
1: Thank you. And Tom, do you mind to give us a little gospel love today?
3: Sure. Uh, This is from the Gospel of Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain, and after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise you, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ.
2: Christ. We often hear rejoice and be glad, but to uh, to rejoice and be glad after... Being insulted and persecuted, we don't, we, we don't hear that one too much from the world, but uh, since when is Jesus following the way of the world? So this is completely backwards, upside down, uh, and I'm sure we've all experienced persecution because of our faith. And uh, you know, the one thing that, that spoke to me, when, Tom, when you were reading that was, uh, because of me, that blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me, rejoice and be glad the place the Lord is trying to take me is, you know, if you're, if you're receiving a hard time and it's because of me, great. But if you're, if you're receiving a hard time because you're being a knucklehead, (laughs) then, uh, don't, don't put that one on me. You know, that's, uh, you know, are we truly being the hands and feet, the love, the joy, the truth of, of our Lord? Um, and we're, and we're receiving some, some hard knocks because of that. Okay. But if it's, you know, something that is you know that is if is is it in our approach is it in our you know our making people feel uncomfortable whatever you know so lord just reveal to me and and if anybody wants to join me in that prayer reveal to us cuz you know we're the front porch of the catholic church and each of us individually the people that we see on a daily basis we are the front porch of the church that you know they need to feel comfortable with us if they're going to step back in to the church
3: yeah, and just what you're saying that Rob, this whole reading reminds me um, of—and then he went up the mountain, and then his disciples came to him. So I always thought he was, like, talking to the whole crowd, but for some reason it's jumping out at me that he was just speaking to them. Now, I could be wrong, but this is how it's speaking to me, that if you're going to be—he's saying, like, if you're going to be my disciple, and then he lists all these things, blessed are— you know, are they who mourn? He's almost like giving me my marching orders right here in a very loving way. And then when you say, because of me, that further reinforced the fact that I feel like he's talking to a small group and I'm part of that little group. That if you're going to be my disciple, you know, that this is what you should do or this
4: is what you should.
2: they were receiving spiritual direction exactly. from, from our yeah, that's, Lord. That's, that's what I was trying to say.
3: That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah.
4: This is uh, part of the Sermon on the Mount, and it's often been described by um, Scripture scholars and theologians as the charter, Jesus's charter for his church. I mean, this is—you go through, you know, the first part of Matthew, chapter 5 and chapter 6. It's not just the Beatitudes. It's it's the passages about, you know, you have heard it said this, but I tell you this. You know, you've heard it said, you know, you know an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, but I tell you love your enemies. So he lays the whole— Whole thing out there, and of course, you know, Matthew lays it out that way because, at the beginning of his gospel, he basically has the the lawgiver giving, you know, the charter for his church as he lays it out. So, uh, this is this is a, a critical. This is like the heart of it, and uh, and it's but it's always been the teachings to the disciples. You know, some of it's to the crowd. Some of it. This it looks like is just, you know, the disciples had come to him and he began to teach them. Mm-hmm. So. But it's, this is very powerful, and, you know, even in the context, it's, it's even more powerful.
1: You know, and this, this whole thing which you just pointed out, Tom, of the crowds, you know, there's a lot of people that know about Jesus. A lot of people say they know Jesus, but it's only those that, that put that knowing into action. Jesus went up the mountain. That's not a small feat. And he sat down, and then only his disciples went up to truly be taught. Because a disciple of Jesus Christ, there's three criteria. Number one, deny yourself. Number two, pick up your cross. And number three, follow him. He went up the mountain, follow him daily. So for me, I think you're 100% correct. A lot of people know about Jesus. A lot of people talk about Jesus. But our yes to the Lord is a call to action. And I wrote this little little ditty down that the Lord gave me last week that faith, our faith, is a free gift from God. You can't earn it. You can't you can't buy it. So it's a free gift to, from God to be lived in love. To be lived in love. It's a call to action. And if we look at this, you know, it is a call to action, you know? We mourn and then we, we're, we sometimes we're comforted, and sometimes we're the comforter, you know? And for me to be meek, for we hunger and thirst for righteousness, that's a litmus test of our heart. Is that what I hunger and thirst for? Who do I want a new car, a new house, a new this, a new that? Do I hunger and thirst for righteousness? And I love, as I was looking at this, I circled all the different words. So the ones that are poor in spirit, recognizing that God is a source for everything. Everything God is their strength; they know without God, they are nothing that recognition and that full surrender to that it says theirs is that's present tense, theirs is the kingdom of God, and then we go into promises that if they if those who mourn they will be, they will inherit, they will be, they will see, they will be these are all promises. But then we go back to when you're persecuted, there's is, present tense, the kingdom of heaven. And that's, Rob, you used this ditty today that I didn't catch on it, so I can't repeat it, but, you know, we're basically living in the something in the kingdom of God, but Heading to heaven, something to that effect. I forget the ditty you said, but, you know, I mean.
2: Experiencing heaven on the way to heaven. That's it. Something to that effect. God wants to allow us to experience heaven on the way to heaven. Every
1: time we love unconditionally, every time we come outside of ourselves, do you know what I mean? And we comfort, you know, we mourn with others. We are meek. We are peacemakers. You know, we're merciful, clean of heart. Every time we come out of ourselves, we experience that little taste of heaven when we taste unconditional love, or when we share that. So for me, this is a great promise, and it's also a call to action. Because our faith, which is a free gift, needs to be lived every day in love. And that's James 2.24. Because faith without works, works of love, is dead. And works, works without faith, doing all the, the right things, without faith, is dead. But you have to have both together, and it really gave me great clarity as I was reflecting on that.
2: Uh, I've, I've heard that said, and 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 just now for the first time, um, I'm just thinking, why, why would why would anyone do works without faith? You know, if if you truly are doing the works of mercy and, and you're going out and, and serving the poor and, and reaching out, it's got to come from
4: so I, I can see oh, to be, to be To look good. To I mean, yeah, pride. Yeah, I,
1: Absolutely. Look what I did. Yeah. I, I brought a thousand people to Jesus. I did this. I did
4: that. I, I'm afraid to say I probably have done that in my, in my right. life where I've done things because people were going to, you know, People are gonna see me doing them. You're you gonna know? get your, your notoriety,
1: do, the picture in the paper. Yeah,
4: good good works don't just come from your heart. Sometimes they come from your arrogance, you know, your yeah. your your vanity. Well at least you're you're rooted yeah. in faith.
2: And then you, you could have been off guard. So if someone's like doesn't have any faith, do you still think they There's would
3: There's a be, lot of like, atheists that do a lot
4: of good Okay, right. Absolutely. But but in two, I mean, rooted in faith is sometimes the problem because I know the code. I know that if I do this, people will think well of me. Okay, you know, an atheist might just do it because it's their their heart is inclined that way. Now they don't believe, but but yeah, that's okay. A, All right, good. I, I wish I could say that you that your instinct on that was correct, but I know better from my own <laughs> experience. <laughs> from home, in so. life. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, you know what? It's not.
1: That's where. We can't judge. God says don't judge. God knows the motives of our hearts in everything we do. And so that motive of the heart, and that's why it's it's really clear. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will so see God. And and this morning at Mass, I did I the Lord gave me this 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 word image for me, and the word was purgation, to purge something out, in the to purge it out, but is not just a emptying of something it's a replacing with something else so this word purgation that's what i believe this this uh, sermon of the mount is for us to purge out the the uh, impurities of the world and fallen man and replace them with christ christ says we need a renewed mind and a new heart we need his heart living in us. And so, for me, this purgation process, you know, and I thank the Lord for the teaching of the Catholic Church that there is purgatory, because God promises in sacred Scripture, He will finish the good work He started in us. So, if we're not perfect the moment we die, thank you, Lord, that there is that continuation of the purgation process, because when we enter heaven, Revelations tells us, nothing unclean can enter heaven. There is no envy no pride, no I did anything, Christ is fully present, fully alive, fully in us. And we see that on the uh, Mount of Transfiguration, where Moses and Elijah, they glowed with the same radiance as Christ. They, in fact, Peter, my man, he says, let's build three tents. We'll worship them all. They all look like God to me. And God the Father brought the clouds and said, yo, Peter, there's only one begotten son. But these two fully reflect now his glory, and that's heaven. So Rob's still going to be Rob. Tom and Tom, you're still going to be Tom, but you're going to be Tom with Christ fully, fully alive in you. That's the body of Christ, so that we don't have anything impure in heaven. So this whole purgation process, again, purging of the impurities of the world and fall of man and replacing them with Christ. Because if we don't do that, then the enemy brings a couple of his buddies back, about seven of them, and they're they, they worse than, than before. So, again, this constant purging coming outside of ourselves to, you know, be a peacemaker, to be merciful, to do all the things that are in this challenge, it is creating us in the image and likeness of Christ. We need to be that invitation to the heavenly banquet, to the atheist who doesn't know God, but he still has the seed of faith planted. Every human heart, every human being was created by God, formed in the womb of their mother for good works, which are works of love. So we need, we need to blow on that little spark that's in there, that little flame, that seed. We need to water, we need to fertilize, we need to till the soil of that heart so that God can grow that seed of faith and they can truly experience Christ in us. And the little ditty the Lord gave me on this one is, Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. So He in fleshes. He is the embodiment of the Bible, sacred scriptures, the Old Testament, the New Testament— and I'm like, wow, that's profound. So he lived it. He lived what he taught. He lived the word. Well, that's our calling. We are also called to enflesh that word, so that people, when they meet us, they're 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 experiencing the Bible alive in action in us.
4: And, and I think too, David, that the idea of purgation or purification. Um, That's an important aspect of of our life as Christians and as Catholics, because just going back to the point you made, Rob, about, you know, why would anybody do something good for somebody else, you know, without faith? And the fact of the matter is, you know, and I think back to experiences where I maybe postured something or did something because I thought I was going to get— you know, some accolades or it would position me well within in the view of other people. A lot of times that wasn't done intentionally. It was done just because I knew that was a good thing and other people would appreciate it. And so I'm going to do it. And then later you come to realize that that wasn't with the motive of Christ. It wasn't out of the goodness of your heart. It was really more for that. And if it hadn't have been for that, I might not have been as charitable or as conscious or aware And and the part of the purification that pulls us together is that there come times in our life, and Saint Teresa of Avila talks about this, where we recognize our sinfulness, even though it wasn't intentional, even though we tend to think of sinfulness as somebody who's going out there intentionally committing sins, knowing they're doing things wrong, and just keep doing it. And this is really good Christians, good Catholics, who are doing things like that. And then it's almost like when you. Accidentally offend somebody and you don't realize it, and then later in the evening, maybe you go, Oh, geez, you know, you kind of whack yourself in the head and say, What did I, what did I say that for? I didn't realize that might have, you know, it, it's that kind of a recognition in our experience. And the Lord, you know, the Holy Spirit comes to us in those moments, and, and that's part of the purification. That's what it's like on the ground to have the Holy Spirit come to you and say, You know what, that really wasn't for the right reasons. You, you thought it was good, you felt good about it, all that was good. You really need to think harder about why you're doing this or why you're, you know, because that to me is the, is, uh, again, as St. Teresa of Avila talks about that, there's, you know, when we get to these later mansions and we're closer to the, you know, to the core of our soul and closer to God. There are things that God purges out of us. There are things that he lets us see that are keeping us from getting closer to him. And we look at that and we go, geez, I can't believe I did that. And that's that's the purification. And, you know, when you become aware of that and sensitive to that, then you start seeing more and more things. And it just opens up more and more of the the grace of the Holy Spirit to say, well, what about this? What about that? You know? And uh, it's not a great feeling sometimes, but you know it, it does. It, it's an enlightenment, it, and it's part of that whole purification, that purgation process. Yeah. Now, the the uh, one beatitude: "Blessed
2: are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God." Do you think there's a, a potential for us to um, uh, to take that to an extreme that's that's not healthy? You know, we're we're made in the image and likeness of God, and if if someone is doing something to damage that, and we don't say anything, and create boundaries or whatever that that the peace is being robbed from us, um, you know. So we think we're being peacemakers by not saying anything, but I forget who it was. There's well, that's not
1: showing a person love. Yeah.
2: So there's there's a saint that said you know if you keep things within that should be told truth with love, then then it just writhes. And I mean, it, was, it was the way he put it was was beautiful. So I think we have to be careful because some Christians might look at this and say, well, I can't say anything. I'm just going to make peace, keep the peace. see, but it's not,
4: it's not, it's not a peace letter. It's a peacemaker. It's an act. It's somebody who's going out Uh, and making peace. So so what kind of counsel would you guys give to folks listening that might be in that
2: situation where they're not saying anything, you know, they're, you know, in 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 a relationship where they're being demeaned or whatever, and they're not saying anything thinking that that, as being the peacemaker. Well,
1: perfect example of that, and I'll give you my example, is I was in a relationship where the person would wound me continually in my heart, pierce my heart. And the person would always say to me, did that hurt you? And my response was, oh, no, 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 I'm good. No, no, it didn't hurt. But I was lying. It did hurt. And it wasn't helping this person grow because they continually hurt hurt me because I told him it was okay. So that cycle persisted and it ended up separating us, you know, in our relationship because it got so built up that it virtually just ended the relationship between us. So I didn't help them and they didn't realize they were hurting me. That's an injustice and that's not love. So for me, what I would say is this, what I do now is if my heart gets pierced, somebody hurts me, I immediately go to my heart and pray, Holy Spirit, help me. Give me the words. Allow me to share truth with love. And then I, a lot of times I'll ask permission, may I help you with something? And a person typically is always going to say, well, sure, absolutely. So, you know, Bob, Jim, Sue, whatever your name is, that really hurt me. That really, that pierced my heart. And, you know, here's why if you choose to do it that way. But that way, you're helping them grow. Otherwise, they stay stuck in that area, and it's not good for them. And so, to one of the things I've I've done is I've prayed to the Holy Spirit for the gift of courage every day. And that gift of courage, and then going to the Holy Spirit, because blessed is the poor in spirit, I can't do it. I don't have the words. But through the grace of God, through calling on the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will give you the words in every situation to do what? Here's key. Share truth with love. Share truth with love. You can't divide the two. It's like dividing Christ. So every situation's different. Everything's unique. You must be obedient to the Spirit's prompting in your hearts. Go to prayer immediately. And sometimes the Spirit will tell you, now's not the time. Person's not open to receive a message. You know what I'm saying? But Rob, to your point, you do need to have safe boundaries. Safe boundaries means you don't allow people to abuse you. That's not healthy. Emotional abuse, physical abuse, that's not of God. It's not. There's a great book out called Boundaries. I'd recommend that to anybody. Read it. And it's a great way to help the other person by setting the safe boundaries. So we, you know, we, you know, Christ did it. When they when they were going to throw him off the cliff, he didn't stay there and say, hey, I'm a peacemaker. Go ahead, throw me off. No, he slipped out of the crowd and he left them.
2: And Tom, what were you going to say? You, you had mentioned peacemaker instead of you made a distinction.
4: Well, yeah. And, and I think and to David's point, because I think he he kind of expounded on that whole idea of making peace. If you allow people to. Wound you to injure you. You're not really I mean, it's the illusion of making peace. It's a deception of peace because nothing's happening there. But it's it's wounding you. I mean, in in the relationship with another person and these things are always with other people, um, somebody's being killed, you know, somebody's being destroyed. And just because it 's you and you 're not saying anything doesn't mean doesn 't make it any more right if you were doing that to another person it wouldn 't be you would know right away it wouldn 't be right now maybe that was your intention. but I think the idea of you know being able to share truth with love and and really that 's and you hit hit the nail on the head if you have love the truth will be shared or not shared based on what's the right thing to do because that's in your heart, you know. And not only that, I've found that when that when that's your motivation, when it's like what's best for the other person and for us in relationship, then also I find the right words. I find the words that come out that don't wound the other person, that build the other person up. There And there's always a way to do that. It's just... A lot of times because we don't bring the love, we find ways to say things that wound other people because that's really what we want to do because we really we were hurt and we want to hurt them back as opposed to what's the right thing to do to say it's not about me, it's about us and I'm sharing the truth of this situation with you and now you can do what you want with it. But, and then
3: that person receiving that uh, – uh, is called to forgive and when we said peacemakers are for they will be called children and when we think of children they're always so quick to forgive you know like you see little kids on a playground and somebody knocks <laughs> yeah. them over and two minutes yeah. later they're friends again you know like they forget about it so yeah, i think that uh, maybe that's why jesus says You know, peacemakers and children are in there at the, you know, at the same time, you know, because we're called to forgive when we, you know, if you bring up an injustice to someone, you know, we can understand and say, I forgive you, you know, as a child would.
1: And here's a key for me that's a good, a good barometer. We are never, ever, ever to react we are always, always, always to respond with love. When when the, the flesh in me rises up and I'm ready to react and I know it's not going to be good, the Lord's given me a little tool because I asked him to help me out to bite my inside of my lip. And then I know to be quiet because what I'm going to share is not of the Holy Spirit. It's of a spirit, but it's not a Holy Spirit, not the Holy Spirit. And so then take that to God. Take that wound, take that offense, take it to God, and and, and just get it out. Just let him have it. You know, Father, help me here. This hurt me. This is what happened. I want to react to this, but I I want to respond with love is what I truly need to do. Help me. And God will help you process it. And God will also bring an intimate three in your life, is what I like to say. Jesus had Peter, James, and John. I have an intimate three. When it's something deep, spiritual, I call one of the three and say, let me help me with this because I know they're fully grounded in Christ. And I bounce it off them. They know I'm frustrated. They know I've been hit. They know I've been knocked down. And it helps me process it because I'm always, always called to respond with love. Now, love can be tough love. Telling somebody that hurt me, that wasn't kind, you know, uh, that's tough love, but it's still love
4: sometimes that's very hard to do yeah the one thing I've found though David that I think is helpful is when dealing with anger is I've recognized the connection between anger and fear and so the question I ask myself is not why I'm angry but why is this bothering me what's what's the vulnerability that I have like why why am I fighting back in this situation how is it hurting me you know and a lot of times it isn't So you just, you can let it go.
1: God bless each and every one of you. Go into that inner chamber of your heart and ask the Holy Spirit for help to help you reflect Christ purely every day of your life. God bless. Bye-bye.
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a gospel reflection group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups. Or call us at 717 367 0100. Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time... May God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.